A very good evening to all of you um, here actually um, in the church and also to you online. It's slightly cold today, but I trust you all had a very uh, good afternoon and uh, what a lovely service we had uh, this morning. I'm going to um, read uh, from some scripture from Psalm 150. As we still ourselves, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise him from his unequalled greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the la and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud singing cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let us just pray. Lord, we just thank you for that reminder that it teaches us why we've come to this evening. We've come to worship you and sing. We do not sing songs because that's just what we do in church as a tradition. We sing because the Bible commands us to do it. We sing because we have a reason to celebrate. We sing to worship a risen Saviour, our Lord Jesus Christ, a Saviour who gave himself to a cross, died and rose again, that we would have life and have it abundantly. We join in worship together now. Amen. Our first um, hymn is be Thou My Vision, which is actually the theme for this evening, which is Restore Thou My Vision. So if we can stand and sing the hymn, Be Thou My Vision, which should come up on the, um, on the screen. And one night I dreamed a dream. I was walking along the beach with my Lord. Across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one belonging to my Lord. When the last scene of my life shot before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. There was only one set of footprints. I realized that this was at the lowest and saddest times of my life, and this always bothered me and I questioned the Lord about my dilemma. Lord, you told me when I decided to follow you, you would walk and talk with me all the way. But I'm aware that during the most troublesome times of my life, there is only one set of footprints. I just don't understand why, when I needed you most, you leave me. He whispered, my precious child, I love you and I will never leave you. Never, ever, during your trials and testings, when you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Amen. Thank you very much, Glynis. And uh, I always find comfort at that. Sometimes... Um, when I've um, had to uh, speak um, with colleagues uh, that have a faith, 
It's reassuring that um, during the most difficult times when they're facing job uncertainty, when they're certain, um, facing issues of family issues or even um, children issues, that we're saying that although it appears that God isn't there, God is carrying us. Isn't that reassuring? It's reassuring to know that our God is a God that carries us through all situations. Continuing with the vision, um, restore thou my vision, um, the next hymn is Open Our Eyes, Lord. Uh, Let us stand to sing that. He's going to give us our church news. Good evening, everybody. Please join us this Tuesday um, for our prayer meeting on Zoom at 8 p.m. The details are on notice sheets. We have an in-person service this Wednesday lunchtime at 12.45, so if you're around, please do come along. 
Wednesdays at RBC start again on Zoom at 7.45, and this week it's prayer and testimony evening, so please do join us. We still are able to um, collect items for our Moldova Christmas appeal. It's so that we can support Andy and Miana. You can um, donate money, or on the list you can see there are things like socks, woolly hats, stationery, gloves, all kinds of things like that. And they will go out to Andrew Vianna in Moldova and they will distribute it to um, the families in that area where they need help. So it's a great way for us to support them. Most importantly, next Sunday morning, our morning service starts at 10 a.m. The reason being it is Remembrance Sunday, so our service will start at 10. The children will go straight out to their program and around 10.45, our service will end if you wish to join the memorial service over the road, you can do that. Or if you want to stay in here, we will have an act of remembrance at 11 a.m. But the most important thing is the morning service starts at 10 a.m. We are going to be serving um, refreshments out on the forecourt afterwards for those who have been in here and those who have been over the road. If you would like to help in any way, please do see JJ because we could always have a bit more extra help in doing that. But the main thing is, next Sunday morning, we start at 10 a.m. Thank you. Just uh, um, on that point about the notices, you may just want to cross out on the, on the, uh, the events of the, of the day, so to speak, or the week. Um, it says 10.30 on your sheet, but if you can amend it to 10 o'clock next Sunday, as Hayley says, it's 10 o'clock, not 10.30. Um, we're continuing in prayer, and I think one of the most um, influential um, prayers of, uh, that, that I've ever come across, which is our Lord's Prayer, is the way Jesus has taught us how to pray, taught his disciples how to pray. And as we just reflect on that, let us just think very carefully on the words we're saying. Let us pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Our next hymn is Spirit of the Living God, if we can stand to sing that. Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit
Yes, Lord, that's our prayer. We just want the spirit of the living God to fall upon us fresh tonight. We want to also, um, in a spirit of prayer, just give you thanks for everything that you've done in our lives and then thanks for the offerings that have been made. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a faithful God, that you've been faithful to us in so many things, that you are a great provider. And out of what we earn, um, we just give back a percentage to you, Lord. And we just want to pray that there'll be a blessing in particular upon those that have um, given online, those that are given in the church. And we pray that they will be used so that your kingdom will come here on earth to bless those many, many people that haven't seen Jesus yet or haven't heard of Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. Amen. Amen. So um, we come to the reading now, and I think John's going to be reading um, for us. Thank you, John. Reading is taken from the Gospel of Mark chapter 10, commencing at uh, verse 46, and it's entitled, Blind Bartimaeus Receives His Sight, that's Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 46. Then they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet, He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. We thank God for his word. Thank you, John. We're going to um, sing our next hymn, which is "I Will Offer Up My Life." We've made a, um, we've offered up.
uh, our thanks for the offering, but now we're going to offer up our lives. We're offering them up to the Lord. So let us stand to sing, I will offer up my life. Your word, we do pray in particular that you'll speak to each one of us. Not my words, but yours, Lord. I pray that through your Holy Spirit, um, that you'll speak to each one of us here in the church and online. Lord, we've prayed that for your Holy Spirit to come. We prayed for your leading. And now we are offering up our lives as a, a, a token of worship, but also our hearts to receive your word. Amen. Amen. The theme, as I say, is uh, restore thou my vision. It was 2013, I was barely leaving work, and I suddenly thought, this is funny. My right eye is starting to darken. I was effectively going blind, detached retina. I panicked. I thought, what's this? This is something... I, my, my normal world of seeing things clearly was no longer clear. It was starting to go dark. I said to Priscilla, this is weird. Um, I, I, I just can't, I can't see. She said, go and see the doctor. I saw the doctor and he said, you better go to Moorfields quickly. I went to Moorfields. And he said, well, it's actually too late. But we can operate, but there's no guarantee that you'll see in your right eye again. And I don't know if you've ever been in those panic situations, but when you actually live life out fully knowing that you can see and then you can't see, your whole perspective of life changes. Do you know what... The words that came through to me at that time was, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Have I not been a faithful God through your life until now? And I don't know what it was, and I can't explain it other than the Holy Spirit, but there was a peace. There was a peace that surrounded me to say, just trust in me. I had the eye operation, and thank God it was success. All that time, I didn't feel any anxiety, and I can only put that down to the Holy Spirit. But one thing that I did appreciate, and um, during the lockdown, um, the Queen's Theatre were doing short plays called Tiny Plays, where you don't actually see people, but we were encouraged to write our own little tiny play over the phone. And I did one on happy place. I don't know if you know what your happy place is, but mine is walking through the, the, the woods with the sunshine pouring through the trees on a lovely summer's day and actually hearing the birds sing and, and the smells that you get. I could still think, well, I could still hear the birds sing and I could still um, appreciate um, the smells, but I wouldn't necessarily see the beauty of the sun coming through these rather tall trees, the leaves and everything. It's beautiful, isn't it? seeing God's creation. And here we have blind Bartimaeus, made by my children when they were very young. 
from a project on blindness. And what was interesting is that this walking with a stick and totally not appreciating what's around you is very scary. Very scary. In fact, there's a lady that I meet on my walk who is blind and her husband's just been taken to hospital. And she says, I can't see you, but thank you for your concern. She could hear my voice and she could hear the concern in my voice, but she couldn't see me. Having vision is a great blessing, isn't it? God wants us to have all our facilities. Blindness is a terrible thing. You see, as we read that scripture, and thank you, John, for reading that, Jesus, at the time he met Bartimaeus, was going a week later, do you know where to? Calvary and the cross. Just imagine there's this man shouting at you, saying, Jesus, Jesus. Did Jesus find time for blind Bartimaeus? Of course he did. You see, winning people back to the Lord was very important to Jesus, even knowing he was going to the cross. We can remember that when Jesus poured. Do you remember that, Zacchaeus? Get down, Zacchaeus. What I found quite interesting just studying this is that Jesus is always on the move. He's constantly going from one place to another and people are finding it difficult, especially his disciples, to keep up with him. One of the um, words that he's used over and again in Marx is to give us the impression, the word immediately. When we read the scripture and it says immediately, Jesus went here and we're given a picture of Jesus walking uh, from one event to another with his disciples lagging behind. Can you imagine that? Jesus is so quick, he's going to, from place to place and the disciples are trying just to keep up with Jesus. But Jesus knew there was an urgency. As I read Mark, I got a picture of the disciples always trying to catch up with him. And when they think they have caught up with Jesus, they look around and Jesus has gone again and disappeared. I've often wondered if it may be one of the disciples happened to ask, where is Jesus? And the response that they got was, you've just missed him. Does that happen to us? Jesus is doing great work in our lives. And people look around and say, where is Jesus? And he said, well, you've missed him. You've missed the opportunity. When we were on the, um, the road coming down, I don't know if you know the road, but it's got a lot of humps and Priscilla always tells me to drive very slowly because our sump will go off. Um, but there's a reason for those humps, and it, the reason for it is to slow people down, to make them go slower. Interestingly, Mark uses language 
which actually says, slow down, listen to what I have to say, because you'll miss out. Be still and know that I'm God. In this fast pace of life, the opportunity to be fast and do everything instantly, we miss something by not slowing down. The psalmist said that we are to be still so we can hear the Lord. Mark is saying that we should um, read slowly so we don't miss what God has to say to us. Do you read the Bible quickly? Do you try and reflect on what God has to say to us? Let us look at three points. First of all, Mark wants us to notice the beggar. This blind man, Bartimaeus. You see, the Lord saw that in the stories of the Bible, um, they were put there for a reason. Do you believe that? Do you believe that every story that's put in the Bible is put there for a reason? It's not a mistake. And Bartimaeus, the story of Bartimaeus, was there. And he was a real person. And Jesus really did heal him. The thing is that I believe that this story of Bartimaeus is here because John, uh, Jesus wants us to realise there are many people in the world who are in the same spiritual condition that this man was physically. They're spiritually blind because they don't know Jesus. Bartimaeus is a reminder to us of the condition of the people who haven't asked Jesus for forgiveness. And do we know them? I'll tell you one thing, I just need to walk out and get my paper every morning and there's so many people that will tell me how bad things are for them at this moment and, and, and that situation, but they don't have the same hope in Jesus as we have. They're blind, they're spiritually blind. In fact, I understand there's approximately five billion people still lost in the world. Isn't that amazing? Five billion. And Jesus is saying that he won't come again so we tell everyone about the message. What a challenge to us. I believe that Bartimaeus is also used symbolically to show us a picture of the church that is blind to the needs of people sometimes and to what the Lord Jesus actually wants of us in the church. I've just been praying with Jan out there. We meet people's needs by the food bank. But sometimes, I must admit, when I walk past people, I suddenly think, we do live in a needy world, don't we? I just had to go to Sainsbury's in Hornchurch, and I suddenly see there's a young lady there sitting outside begging for food. A young man outside who's rough sleeper and just to pop in some bit of food that we may have into their thing, is so welcome. You see, I think that people muddle up religion with Christianity. Can I assure you that Christianity is not a religion? It is a faith that we personally have. There are a lot of religious people out in this world, but they're not people that actually have a faith in Christ, i.e. Christians. Can I tell you another fact? 
Bartimaeus wasn't always a beggar. In fact, everything is said in a name. Jesus means God saves, doesn't it? But actually, um, for one, his name, we're told that he once was a respected um, citizen of Jericho. Bar means son. We just read that, haven't we? And Timaeus means honoured one. Just imagine, do you think he would feel honoured being blind? He's sitting there begging. Someone that had all the honour and all the respect sitting there begging. My vision of that person sitting out Sainsbury's comes immediately to mind. There is no honour in begging. He was someone who had walked with distinction and in social circles um, of Jericho and he honoured his father and he was honoured with his father I should say it's very likely that he was welcomed also in the church that someone would respect him when everyone met him they would consider him to be a respectable person in the church and also people saw him as a very important part of society, the word honoured. On the day that Jesus walked by, there was no father. The reason for this would have been accomplished simply because of the pressure of um, the religious community at the time. You've got to remember that in Jesus' day, if a member of the family ended up being blind or having leprosy or some other disease the religious community believed and taught that what the children had was a result either of their parents or the child sinning isn't that sad and sometimes we still hear of people that say you're not healed because you've got some sin in your life have you ever heard that that is one of the most terrible things to ever say to someone you're not being healed because you've got some sin in your life but that's what they believed he was considered, as soon as he became blind, an outcast. In John 9, verses 1 to 2, walking down the street, Jesus saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, causing him to be born blind? That's said in that question there, isn't it? Why is he blind? He must have sinned. The thing is that religious leaders felt the child was the one that sinned and they would cast the child out of the church and they'd be put on a tremendous pressure on the parents if they wanted to stay in good grace with the church. They had better cast the child away also. How many communities? The Muslim community. I have a friend um, who, who was... Um, a Muslim and also a Jewish friend and they converted and their families excommunicated them. We need to understand that in Jesus' day the church held unbelievable power. The Pharisees and Sadducees, they were greatly honoured, weren't they? They were respected. I've often wondered which one would be worse, to have your sight and as I did, and Bartimaeus did, lose it, or to be born blind. For Bartimaeus, 
There was a time when he could walk the streets without bumping into people or, or, or the wall. There was a time when he could go shopping, a time when he could get, fix his own meal. Now, he was one of the untouchables, one of the outcasts, and it's very likely he didn't understand why. We could say that Bartimaeus had been completely dehumanised. He was blind, he was a beggar, he had no value in society. Mark wants you and I to see Bartimaeus, that we are passing by as we're on our way, whether to work or going out socially or just um, wanting to have a chat with someone. We're passing by people like that, people in Sainsbury's and sometimes that are down and outs, that are blind, blind to the love of God. Mark points out this beggar so that we can open our eyes and see the people around us. One doesn't have to be blind to not see people. Did you know that you could be standing in a room filled with people? Have you had this experience? And for some reason you're there in a crowded room but you're still invisible. No one sees you. Have you ever had that feeling? No one cares. No one seems to notice you but you're in a room full of people. You can be very lonely in a room full of people. There have been times, and I expect in all our lives, where we know that kind of situation. And I know there have been times when you can identify with that as well. We get so caught up in our own little world that we fall, uh, fail to notice people that the Lord has put us in touch with. That blind lady I saw walking her dog every time, whose husband is ill in hospital, her only companion with her dog. Just to spend two minutes of my time with her, just saying, how are you and how's your husband? I didn't realise, but it made so much to her. It's a gift from God. Secondly, Mark wants us to notice that we don't want the flow of life to change. Do you know what's interesting is that naturally we don't like change. If we look at verse 48, many were sternly uh, telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. One of the things that I've learnt is that people just don't like change. I, I found that at work just before I left. There was change, constant change, change, change. And there were so many people that didn't like to go for change. It was so much better the other way. But God challenges us to change. As Jesus met with Bartimaeus, this wasn't going to be another day in Bartimaeus' life. This was the day when Jesus met with Bartimaeus. And do you know what was interesting is Bartimaeus shouted out to Jesus, This was a good day for Bartimaeus to beg because the road would have been full of people on the way to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. More people meant, obviously, more money and maybe a little bit of bread 
or some food. Bartimaeus hears that the crowd and realises there is something different about this crowd. So he hears the unheard of thing. He asks and he's told that Jesus the Nazarene is coming down the road. If we know that Jesus is here and is coming down the road to meet us, are we excited about it? Are we excited that Jesus is here? He's down the road. He's coming to meet with us. He's coming to change our lives. He's heard about the, um, this talk about Jesus. He's heard about the miracles Jesus has done. And he's excited. And then he's heard about the compassion and kindness of Jesus, that he had time for people. Even though he seemed to speed from place to place, he always had time for people. He was a God of compassion. He was a God's son of compassion. I think that maybe in the back of Bartimaeus' mind, sitting there thinking about what the prophet Isaiah said in um, 47 verse 7, I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. Isn't that a great saying, not only from a spiritual point of view, but also from a physical point of view? And Bartimaeus had heard it all, and he knew that no matter what, somehow he could see Jesus. He had to see Jesus. He had to go to Jesus. He couldn't actually see him, but he could go to Jesus. I would imagine that he probably wondered if Jesus um, was saying... Um, and what they would say about him crying out, but he didn't care. He cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't care because he knew he had a need that he wanted Jesus to meet. And sometimes in our need, we need to be able to cry out to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, I have a need. Renew my vision. And Jesus Could have been a mile away, could have been a hundred foot away, as far as Bartimaeus was concerned. But he still cried out, and he trusted that Jesus could hear him. And Jesus did hear him, didn't he? As he stood, he said to Bartimaeus, Your faith has made you see. Your faith has made you see. As we go along, do we have such a faith in Jesus? Do we trust our Lord so much that we can say, your faith has made people see Jesus in our lives? Third point. Mark shows us that Jesus is never too busy if we are willing to make time for him. Jesus not only stopped, but he spoke. It's a beautiful picture that he painted here for us. Bartimaeus is beside the road yelling to Jesus, while at the same time we had the people in the crowd who are telling Bartimaeus to be quiet. Did Bartimaeus take any notice? No, because he wanted to see. Can you identify that in our own faith, people are saying that due to political correctness we should be quiet, 
and actually to not proclaim our Lord Jesus Christ because we want Jesus to be seen in our community, to be seen in our town. Jesus spoke to Bartimaeus, be of good comfort, take courage. Do you know that phrase appears seven times in the New Testament and every time it's used, the words come from the lips of Jesus. As soon as Jesus spoke the words, the people in the crowd who have been the ones who were trying to get Bartimaeus to keep quiet, shut up. Because what we know is that Jesus had his face towards Jerusalem and the cross. His vision was to do his Father's will. Why? Not because he had to, because he knew, he basically knew that that was God's plan for his life. He was focused to the cross, yet he still had time to speak to Bartimaeus. There's some challenges there for us. I believe that we all need an eye test. I'm mindful that um, there was a, a stand that World Vision, do you know World Vision? Um, big organisation, a Christian organisation, Clive Calver. And when I went there, they gave us 3D glasses. Have you ever tried 3D glasses? But they actually change your vision. They make things come alive. And as you put them on, it comes out in full focus. That You can actually see things in a different way, almost leaping out at you. And sometimes if you go to the cinema with them, it can almost be scary because they're coming right at you. Jesus wants us to have 3D vision. Jesus wants our vision to be uh, restored. Do we see God working in people's lives and our families by praying for them that our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done and what's his will is for everyone to see that vision that he wants everyone to know about the love of Christ who's God going to use for that? God is going to use us you may say well that was a silly plan God because we're weak we let you down every time and we actually need to say sorry about that. But actually, God, we want you to restore our vision. We want to, your, you to restore our vision in our church for the loss, for the people that are feeling frightened. We want to be called to restore our vision as people that walk in the light, people that have a vision to see his kingdom come here on earth. We were just um, had read by Glynis about the footprints in the sand. Do you know what's so beautiful about that is? God never lets us down, never lets us go. He's always walking where with us and not leaving us alone. And do you know what's amazing is he's there every day of our lives. We just need to trust him. We need to shout out to him, Son of David, restore my vision, restore our vision. For we want to be a church that is actually a beacon of light here in Romford. Is that our prayer? It's certainly my prayer. And I certainly believe that God is a God that we can trust 
immeasurably to do great things in our church. We just need to have the vision and the heart to actually say, God, do your will amongst us. Amen. We're going to um, do a responsive prayer now and then um, we're going to sing. So let us close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have spoken um, today with us and uh, I thank you for the illustration that you give us in the Bible of people like Bartimaeus who once was blind but had their sight restored. Lord, I do pray that in your church you will restore my vision and our vision that we will see your kingdom come here on earth, that we'll be more passionate for the loss, we'll be more passionate about the injustices, the, the climate, more passionate about those that are hungry and in poverty. Lord, forgive us that so often we let you down. But Lord, in your mercy, we pray that you will forgive us for that and that you will actually enable us through your Holy Spirit to do your will. Amen. Our next hymn is actually interesting because this morning we had the same hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. I didn't realise that um, when Jiddy, whoever it was, chose it, he was going to choose the same hymn as I'd done. But I don't think that's by accident. God doesn't do things. Do you know, our vision, as soon as we look at the cross, everything diminishes into insignificance. So when I survey the wondrous cross, everything about me diminishes because everything about Jesus, what he did for us on that cross, goes into amazement awe and worship. Let us um, stand to sing when I survey the wondrous cross.
please sit down. I'm just going to pray um, our prayers of um, intercession. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you that um, next Sunday we're going to be remembering those who died in the war for us. And uh, Lord, we remembered this morning by the simple act of communion um, that you died for each one of us as well. And Lord, we just want to thank you for that. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you that you are God of love. And as we think of those prayers, we do pray in particular for the May family at the moment, for Don. We pray and thank you for the life of Daphne and we just pray that you'll just surround him with your love and comfort. We thank you that um, for the service, the years and years of service that um, Daphne's done and uh, we just, um, just uplift her now with those words that Jesus would say, well done, good and faithful servant. And Lord, we're mindful that so many... Um, people that are in need and just looking at our, our news sheet our bulletin there's so many people there that have got daily needs and uh, we're remembering Jan as she takes the funeral tomorrow and uh, we just pray that you'll just comfort um, that family and uh, pray that you'll be with Jan as well we pray also uh, for uh, Zoe as she starts um, um, in this new chapter of being an intern working with Hannah and, and the youth work. Lord, do bless her and just make her feel that she's a part of this church family. Lord, just um, make her feel welcome and just pray that um, she will be able to um, share her gifts that she's going to bring with our young people. For we want our young people to see Jesus. Lord, we pray for Ian and Vicky at this time. Lord, just be with them specially. Just comfort them. And we do pray your healing hand to be upon Ian. Just as we are praying tonight, we just pray that for your Holy Spirit, that you'll comfort that man and thank you for his ministry. God bless him and Vicky. And for all those that share in the ministry and leadership of this church. And finally, Lord, we commit ourselves that as we go out this evening that we will have a fresh vision of you, that we have a fresh vision that we want to serve you and follow you more dearly and nearly. And we want to pray, Lord, that particularly, that we will have a vision for the loss. So, Lord, we lift up both these prayers, both spoken and the unspoken prayers, of there's so many that are, that are in our, our hearts at the moment, knowing that you are God who answers prayer. Amen. Amen. We're going to stand and sing Thine Be the Glory and then close.
please sit down. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you've met with us today and we thank you as we um, go, you'll be with us. We thank you for all the marvellous things that you have done for us in the past, today and will do. We thank you for your love that you revealed to us and for the love that we share together as your body of believers in Christ. We pray for all the words that you have sown into our hearts um, this day through your word. Watch over us and protect us. We pray that your words will take root and produce wonderful things, for we want your kingdom to come. We want you to give us back a renewed vision. We want you to work through us so think people will see the beauty and the great blessings that are available through Jesus Christ. And as we leave this place now, we pray that we may walk with you and talk with you and promote you so that there will be more kingdom followers. We pray that we'll be a prompt to your promptings and that we will be secured in your love, that endless love. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.